11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Rachel Hill. Rachel, how's it going? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to mention you're on the Chicago Red Stars. Um, just like, let's go back in time. Uh, how did you first do, or what's your like for your first memory of playing soccer? Oh, my first memory, probably. I started playing when I was six, so probably around that age six or seven um I was just playing in like my town rec league um Mm -hmm. and so I guess just kicking around in rec soccer um it's probably my first memory of it yeah what about like um growing up did you did you play any other sports yeah I did I grew up playing a lot of sports um soccer obviously being one of them (laughs) and I started gymnastics at a really young age, so that took up a lot of my time um, and was very demanding. So I did that up until seventh grade when it just got to be like way too much. Um, But then along with that, once I stopped gymnastics, I got to play basketball. I did lacrosse. I played on my brother's baseball team. um, And then I ran pack and field as well. So, Oh, you did it all. (laughs) tried it all yeah (laughs) so all right so then that leads to me to my next question like what what separated like soccer and like what made you choose it um I think at the end of the day I knew I was best at that and I just got I was always so excited um to play like basketball season would come around and I would be super excited for that but I always just loved going to soccer so I think Mm -hmm. when it came to it I mean I played basketball and did track and field um up through high school so you know I think when it came down to recruiting and looking at colleges for sports I just knew that soccer was the one that would probably get me the furthest yeah for sure and then what about do you think playing those other sports like helped you in soccer yeah definitely um not only do I think it it kept soccer fun for me because, you know, I was doing other sports and stuff, but I'd always, and I'd always get excited for them. Like I said, but then soccer was just like always there, but going back and forth kept it exciting almost. Yeah. Um, and looking forward to it. And then, um, the biggest one. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why, uh, sometimes it's like, like stressful for young kids now just playing like one sport, like all year round. Yeah, for sure. It's easy to get burned out, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, just tell me like about your recruiting process. I know you're from New Hampshire. Uh, you ended up picking UConn. Uh, was there like a, a final three? Um, 
I feel like UConn was kind of it. I mean, I definitely visited other schools. Penn State was probably the only other big school that I looked at. Um, but during the recruiting process, I at the time, I wasn't really into going far away from home. I kind of thought that I wanted to stay closer to home, but not too close. Um, so I looked mostly like in the Northeast. So like I said, Penn State, Seton Hall, um, and then UConn was one of my first visits that I made. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and I knew that I wanted to go to a bigger school as well. So just UConn being two and a half hours from home, being a really big big school, big sports school. Um, I was just so excited about that. I think when I went to visit that it really just stuck out in my mind from the first visit on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I saw like you killed it at UConn. You had 61 goals and 89 appearances, if that's correct. That's crazy. Um, how, how was your overall experience there? It was awesome. Um, I mean, the academics there were great. Um, I had such a big variety of you know, majors and stuff to choose from. And I ended up choosing sport management, which obviously ties into what I love sports. Mm -hmm. Um, so that made it awesome from the academic side. And then just sports wise, I mean, it's such a successful athletic school that it made it really exciting, not only from the soccer aspect, like we had a great team, had a lot of success. I love the girls loved the coaches, just loved everything about the program, but then also supporting all the other teams uh that are competing at that school i mean the men's soccer team did well at the beginning of my time there and then obviously the basketball programs are unreal so mm -hmm. having all the other sports going on at the same time was just so exciting to support them as well yeah for sure i gotta ask you did you did you ever get to uh meet gino um i mean he was around like yeah. our team and stuff when we go in the training room or something so i've seen him said hi but nothing too serious <laughs> I <got laughs> but you. he's a legend yeah yeah for sure um yeah now what did it mean to you to be named um you're named uh all-american twice uh it was an incredible honor i think the first time i i really wasn't expecting it at all um so when i heard that news i was kind of more in shock and really taken back but just to step back and realize what an honor that was uh was incredible and i was very grateful that and i mean i wouldn't have gotten it without the success that our team had that year and stuff so it was just a huge honor yeah and then what about was there a point at uconn or like even before like you knew you could be a pro player um honestly i really didn't think about playing professionally until about halfway through my junior year mm -hmm. um it kind of started to hit me as picking classes for my senior year and stuff and i was like what am I going to do after this? I really just didn't know. And so it wasn't until then that I was like, I really don't think I can live without playing soccer at this point in my life. And that's really what I wanted to do. So um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get enough credits to graduate early like some girls do now. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up entering the draft anyways. And going into it, I just kind of hope for the best um and obviously ended up getting drafted but had to finish out my senior year so go into the the season late um mm -hmm. but yeah it wasn't until probably halfway through my junior year that I realized I really want to continue playing 
Yeah, one well, one no, I feel like everybody in college is like when they hit junior year, they're like, All right, what am I about to do now? <laughs> I can <Yeah. laughs> Um but two, what about or so you so you like left UConn early technically to, to enter the draft? No, so the draft happens in January mm-hmm. and so I put my name in the draft just hoping for the best, but whatever team picked me, I had to they had to be aware that I wasn't going to come in like preseason for us started in March. So I had to let them know, you know, I'm not going to be able to come until May. So I did finish out my spring semester um, at UConn and went into the professional season late. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you were technically a pro still in college. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. Kind of. That's I great. guess I didn't have a contract yeah. yet, but you got drafted. You uh, you were uh, while you were still in class. Yeah. So tell All me right. tell me about uh, just like draft like draft day. Oh, it was super exciting. So there was actually a youth camp that um, during that time out in California, I think, is where it was my year. Mm-hmm. But I ended up getting hurt, so I couldn't go to that youth camp youth national team camp. And so I ended up obviously being on the East Coast. I didn't fly out so I ended up watching it um just live stream and it was like a couple picks before not even too many like maybe two picks before um and Portland called me and you know said we're gonna pick you and then it happened and it was just unreal I was so taken back just so excited but so many thoughts just going through my head at the time, but overall, just the feeling of gratefulness. I was so grateful for that chance, and that some team believed in me and wanted to take a chance with me. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, that then you, I don't know, did you get traded like that same day? Was it the same day? Yeah, um, it was three days later, okay, which was really strange. Yeah, all right, you got it. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I obviously never made it out to Portland. Um, and then three days later, I got a call saying that I was going to be traded. And I mean, I didn't really know what to say. I yeah. was just like, <laughs> okay, uh, cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how I ended up in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. That got to be pretty strange because like the team just drafted you. don't really, you don't even know them. And then you just get a call and then they're like, oh, you're on another team now. Yeah, so strange. <laughs> yeah. All right, so then take me through, um, like, what was your first uh, game like just professionally for Orlando? Gosh, it was crazy. I I just remember, like, in college, I mean, you don't really have fans at our mm-hmm. women's games. Yeah. Um, so that was just, like, walking into a big stadium, knowing that I'm going to step on this field was just surreal and then having fans and stuff was it was just so cool I think I just did everything that I could to take it all in and enjoy every second that I had yeah definitely that's awesome um what about can you, can you take me through your your first goal oh yeah um <laughs> so we were in New Jersey um playing sky blue and a bunch of my family's from around there mm-hmm. so like cousins aunts uncles grandparents um my dad grew up in that friends came to the game and stuff and i wasn't starting a little bit knowing that i had a lot of 
family and friends there. Um, I don't know, so probably like 70 minutes in or so. And we were down or we were tied 2-2. And it was like the 80, maybe like the 86th minute. And a cross came in and I got my head on it and it ended up going in. And we won 3-2 to two that game. And it was just incredible knowing that like all my family and friends were there and hearing them cheer so loud and then all my teammates coming up to me and it was just so cool and I'll definitely never forget that. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you did you get to keep the ball? I did not, no. <laughs> oh, dang. Um what about like what what do you think what do you think's like uh one of the biggest differences just playing like from college to the pros? Um I think just speed of play and experience Mm -hmm. I think that experience plays a huge role in just how the game is played um and coming in as a rookie I feel like I definitely wasn't up to speed yet and you know the experience clearly wasn't there because you have you know 30 32 33 year olds uh, that have been playing professionally for so long and just know the game so much better um so it was it definitely took a bit to get used to it, but, you know, as the time goes on and you get used to the speed of play, then you can focus more on, you know, your technical side and, and how you're going to play and stuff like that. So experience, I think, is a huge difference from college to professional. Yeah, for sure. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. And then, you're, I think, yeah, it was your rookie year also. Then you got loaned out uh, to Australia. Um, what, what was that experience like just playing overseas? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I got a decent amount of playing time here, but going over there, getting to play 90 minutes nearly every game uh, was huge, especially my first year playing professionally, just to kind of get my legs under me and just get some more experience. Like I was saying, the more that you get to play, obviously the better mm-hmm. you're going to be. So getting over there and being able to play 90 minutes was definitely ideal. And it was like pretty difficult to get over there. So when our Orlando coach at the time, Tom, called me and he was just like hey do you want to go play in Australia I was like wait what yeah of course (laughs) like why not so it came up really fast out of nowhere I wasn't really expecting it just jumped on the opportunity and ended up in Perth it obviously was unreal uh soccer aside Mm -hmm. the beaches were incredible living was awesome um and just experience yeah no tell me because I'm kind of unfamiliar like were those two different seasons or was that like during the season of the like NWSL? Yeah. So the NWSL season then ran from about March to end of September. And then the league in Australia is, it's a much shorter season. So Mm -hmm. it would go October to February. So as soon as the season was done here, a lot of the girls from the league would, fly over there, play the Australian season, and then once that ended, come back here for the start of our preseason. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so that's like yeah. uh that's like kinda like how the WNBA players do it too. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. 
Um, all right, then going going into uh, last year, you got you got traded to your current team, the Chicago Red Stars. Um, I know you got traded three days after draft day. So, but this one had to be a little different since you were on the team. Uh, like, what was your feelings getting traded this time? Yeah, um, it still kind of just takes you by surprise because you really don't know what's <laughs> going to happen until it happens, I guess. Um, so, like, it happened on draft day um, again uh, this time around. And I kind of knew that I'd be going or leaving Orlando, but I didn't really know where or when it was going to happen. So, like I said, it's just so unpredictable and you never really know until it happens. So uh, when it did, I was super excited for a new opportunity, a fresh start in a way. Um, but it's always sad to leave a club that you've been at for a few years. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then how was it um, just, you know, playing in the, in the bubble? Um, it was good. <laughs> you know, as good as it could be. Yeah. Um, I was grateful that we got to play. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. You just kind of, I don't know, You we got into a routine there. That's just what life was at the mm-hmm. moment. And, you know, like I said, just grateful that we got to get some sort of season in. I guess if you could call it yeah. that or tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. well on, a, on the positive note, I, I mean, I hate asking those questions, but I got to, but uh, on a positive note, I know like the, the viewership like skyrocketed, uh, which is awesome for the league. Um, and then also I saw you went, was it this, yeah, this past year, you also went to, to Sweden. So how, how was Sweden? Yeah. Um, Sweden was, was great. Again, it was like such last minute, the challenge cup out in Utah, our bubble was like coming to an end. What the season would be in the next few months here was really unsure. So I was like, I really want to play. And so Sweden came up and I just jumped on the opportunity and it ended up being awesome. Uh, that league over there is really good. And, you know, in, it's different in ways. So you got, you get to develop your game, mm-hmm. you know, differently than you would here. So yeah, going over there, I think was really beneficial. And I was happy that I got to experience that. What about like back to Australia since, or was there fans in Sweden or no? Um, they did 50 fans. Oh, so not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, all right. So back in Australia, I want to say like, what's it like, scoring a goal like overseas versus us is it like crazier when it's like overseas um, scoring goal. <laughs> i don't know it's kind of the same scoring goal is always amazing yeah. um, so i think you get just excited overseas or here all right um and then i also saw you played uh for the u.s the u.s under 20 and u.s under 23 what did it mean to you to just put it on a, a usa jersey yeah, it's such a huge honor, um, especially just how successful the U.S., mm-hmm. the, fu- the full team is. Um, just being able to be a part of that in some way um, is unreal, and being able to wear that crest is such an honor and an experience that I'll cherish forever. Yeah, definitely. Are you ready for the, the five Quincy questions? Oh, all right. <laughs> 
what what's the most important uh quality or skill that you feel made you successful as a pro player i think my work rate i think that has gotten me to where i am today um you know it's not really something you can teach just something that i feel like i've always had um the drive and the will to work hard all right i like that what's the big what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making oh that's tough wow these are hard yeah these are the the ones that make you think i I already had i already gave you the easy ones oh jeez. okay the biggest mistake um i mean i don't think necessarily everyone or maybe anyone's making it but i think thinking we don't deserve better than what we have Mm -hmm. is a big mistake um I know as a rookie, I mean, even still now, I'm super grateful that I get to play soccer for a living and I'm getting paid. Like, Mm -hmm. it's unreal. But I think we have to know that we deserve better than what we're getting right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like I said before, the viewership went up and now um, just like the new ownerships with just like, uh, for example, like Naomi Osaka. uh, Yeah buying part of the the team and things like that and then the the la team so i think yeah i think i mean it's you guys are on the rise yeah for sure and it's definitely like from my rookie year till now a hundred percent steps in the right direction and we all know it's going to take time but we got to keep pushing for it yeah it's crazy too because i interviewed um an older player and she's uh, she was in the inaugural season which was only 2012 so that's why it's even crazier like just talking to her yeah. was almost like a time machine and i was like it was yeah. only like nine years ago right it's crazy <laughs> yeah all right what about what what's what advice would you give a young player trying to make a pro league um i would say believe in yourself and just have fun as long as you're having fun with it and you believe in your own abilities i think the sky's the limit and you can do whatever yeah definitely all right, these next two could be um, soccer-related or life-related. Okay. <laughs> what What's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Um, I think because my mind's on soccer, I'll just go with soccer. But I think kids, as well as parents, um, a lot think that to get to the highest level, like they need to focus on soccer and play soccer 24-7 and – you know, have individual sessions and do all this crazy stuff. But I think that from my experience, at least, I know that you can get to this stage in life without just being crazy soccer. Like I played so many sports growing up, tried it all, played three sports through high school. Um, So I think that, yeah, I think focusing on soccer isn't the only way to get to the highest level. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely agree with you. Obviously, you're, you're, you proved that right there, right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what's something you would move forward with, uh, if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, it's the last one. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> something that I'd be scared of. Um, maybe like trying to invent something. All right. <laughs> Not that I have anything in mind, really, but I don't know if I thought of, like, some cool invention, but it costs so much money, you know, to try and 
whatever, get it patented or I don't know, just move forward with it. You'd have to invest a lot. So you could definitely fail, but maybe uh, if there wasn't like that side of it, I'd try to invent something. (laughs) All right. I like that. Well, I could, I could, I could, Kind of really, I remember just being in my freshman dorm room when I was in college and I was just like think, trying to think of ideas to like drop out of college, basically. <laughs> exactly. People make millions on things that you're like, are you serious? Yeah. I could have thought of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Shark Tank opened everybody's eyes with mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right, well, are you ready for some fun questions? These are way lighter now. <laughs> yes, I love some fun. <laughs> uh, who's, who's like a, a soccer player on the – one one on the female side and one on the male side you would want to do a jersey exchange with oh um i guess wow that's hard um i think on the men's side marcus rashford and on the women's side i'll just go with marta because she's a legend (laughs) all right i like that um who who were your favorite uh soccer players growing up or or athletes you know, to be honest, I really didn't watch that many sports growing up. Right. <laughs> so I didn't idolize anyone, I would say. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that I think I would change growing up. I wish I watched more sports, especially soccer. All right. I like that. Uh, yeah. What do you like to do in your free time? Um, nothing special. Just hang out with friends. Um, I love to do puzzles, play cards. Uh yeah. Oh, you were ready for the pandemic then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so ready for that. <laughs> um. What? Oh, yeah. What? What about? What are your goals uh, for this season? Um. I think just to win, to win as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago has been so successful in the past and always makes it pretty far, but has yet to win. So, I think just win the season, win the tournament at the end of the season, whatever it is, uh, just to win. All right. I like that. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on and, and can you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media. Uh, yeah. My Instagram is R underscore Hill three. And I think my Twitter is the same as well. I don't really use Twitter, but <laughs> yeah, that's Instagram. All right. Again, I appreciate it. And uh, best of luck this season. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today.